it is finished. Three words in English, one word in Greek, tetelestai. The root of that word might be familiar to you. Teleos, as in telephone, television, telescope, telegram. Telephone, sound brought from a starting point to its end point. A finished completion, an end, television. Images brought from a starting point to their finished, complete destination. Teleos, something brought to its proper end. What has Jesus finished on the cross? What has he brought to its proper end? Many things, to be sure, but the Hebrews text we heard tonight focuses us. What has Jesus' death brought to its proper end? The justice of God, the wrath of God, satisfied. Here again, an abridged reading of Hebrews 10. The law can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, they would, have not, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest, this Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down, finished, complete, teleos. What did Jesus do that bulls and goats and priests could not accomplish? The medieval scholastic Anselm of Canterbury helps us a little bit in his book, Cordeus Homo, which means why God man? Or rather, why the God-man? Why did God become man? Reason with me a little bit. Suppose I'm driving home this evening and decide I want to celebrate Easter a little bit early and treat myself to a rare bottle of bourbon that I have yet opened. And I get home, go to my bourbon shelf, go to that one bottle and find it's missing. I look around and realize I've been robbed. My bourbon is gone. I call 911. The police officer arrives and says, I'll file a report. Now, suppose that same scenario, except it's Joe Biden. He's driving home from Good Friday service and decides that he wants to celebrate Easter just a little bit early, and he's going to treat himself to a, a rare bottle of bourbon that he has yet to open, and he gets home and goes to his bourbon shelf to open it and finds that it's missing. He looks around and realizes he's been robbed. He calls 911. What happens? 
Secret Service swarm, FBI starts searching for DNA, local police form a perimeter, news outlets, Biden's bourbon burglarized. <laughs> Manhunt ensues, and within a week, they've captured the culprit. He's tried and thrown into jail. What's the difference between those two scenarios? Same bourbon, same crime, it's the person. And this is what Anselm of Canterbury wants us to think. This is his argument in Cordeus Omo, that the nature of the one sinned against determines the nature of the sin. My bourbon, Biden's bourbon, what if you stole God's bourbon? We're still his image. God's nature is infinite. His nature is eternal. You would have committed an infinite sin. God's justice, his rectitude, his moral order would require an infinite punishment. And here we have a massive problem. How can a finite man meet an infinite punishment? Man is unable to satisfy an infinite justice. Hebrews 10.4, it's impossible for the bulls, blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Not only are they finite, they're also not human. And it's in the nature of man that sin resides, and thus the nature of man must be punished. For justice to be satisfied, a sacrifice has to be made that is both at once infinite in nature and of human nature. Here's Anselm's conclusion. Salvation cannot be effected unless satisfaction of justice be made, which none but God can make and none but man ought make. Thus, it is necessary for the God-man to make it. And when Christ came into the world, he said, here I am to do your will. To drink the cup of judgment. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Hebrews 10.10, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of a man of Jesus Christ once, an infinite singular moment for all. Justice is satisfied. Paul says it this way in Romans 3, 25 and 26, that God presented Christ as a sacrifice of an atonement or a propitiation or one who appeases anger. And through the shedding of his blood, not bulls, we are to be received by faith. He did this, gave us Christ as a propitiation. He did that to demonstrate his justice because in great patience he had left sins committed beforehand unpunished. He offered Christ as a propitiation to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies. And so on the cross, Jesus experienced the full wrath of God. 
the father turns his face away and the son in some mystery experiences forsakenness within the Trinity. Separation from the father. And he cries, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our hymns testify to all of this. Many hands were raised to wound him. None would interpose to save, but the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. Let us wonder, grace and justice join and point to mercy's store. When through grace and Christ our trust is, justice smiles and asks no more. On that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. And so the Hebrews text shows us that not only is the justice of God satisfied, but also we are made perfect. Hebrews 10, 12, and 14, when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy In verse 1, we're told the law couldn't do this. The law can never make perfect those who draw near to worship. But Jesus, by one sacrifice, has made us perfect. Perfect. It's a Greek word you might know. Teleos. It means complete. Finished. You have been brought to your proper end. Whole right, able to sit down and rest. Verse 2 of Hebrews 10, worshipers who no longer feel guilty for their sins. If I could say this in love, that if you are endlessly and repeatedly year after year, day after day, again and again, languishing in guilt, trying to find peace for your conscience, might I suggest that you are still under law, which verse 1 in Hebrews has made clear can never make you perfect. You do not yet know Christ as you could. Draw near to God. Brothers and sisters, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full faith and assurance, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Come to Christ. Come to the cross. Claim Him as your own. Know the wrath of God satisfied. Be made whole. Rest in His finished work. It is finished. Amen.